Now I get to have fun editing that in so that it's in the right order. This episode is brought to you by Valhalla Hobby. You can find them at valhallahobby.com. If you use code GT2305, you get 5% off any order over $100. That's code GT2305. Brought to you by some guys on the internet. This is Getting Tabled. With your hosts, Jason the Bruce. You guy! George the Yang. I hope you're all entertained by my inaptitude. Jason, a.k.a. Major Socks. We've been doing this and talking about various stuff. One of the stuff. Now sit back, relax, and get tabled. Hello, future people. Welcome to Getting Tabled. I'm Jason the Bruce. We're here without George today because he smells and we kicked him out. Also, his internet's kind of dead, so it makes it hard for him to record with us. But we still have the main man. We have Socks. Yes, good to be here, folks. And uh, unfortunately, we're going to be without George for next time, too, because he'll be vacationing with family. So blame on him. I think it's just going to be the two of us from here on out, George or Bruce. So, Well, I'm not here for the 23rd, so you might be by yourself. <laughs> True. <laughs> Yeah, we've got a lot of vacation time. It's summertime for, for me and George, and almost winter time for you. But vacation. Oh no, it is winter time for me. It's really cold lately. That's okay. No one cares. Nobody cares about but, me at all. No, definitely not. We do. Just me and George. That's about it. But uh, we got a lot of news to go over. So uh, news time. Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. we start with an interesting one from warlord so this is one that's going to be i suspect that you will find this interesting despite not caring about most of the contents that this is my prediction because this is vaguely warhammer related and therefore you're going to go but this is talking about the history of the company and it's a series of interviews with the people that helped start it and were working there at the time. Uh, this has actually been put together by one of the original editors of White Dwarf Magazine. And I would like to think that even you know what White Dwarf Magazine is. Yep, I do. Um, it's literally about the history of the company, how they came, who they are. Um, this looks honestly very interesting. Uh, in theory, there's also a limited edition version of this, which is also signed not just by the author, but by the interviewees. Uh, but when I went to bring up the link for that, it's already sold out. So don't bother trying to buy it, because you can't. Um, this is a really interesting book. I'm kind of interesting for a couple of reasons. I mean, first and foremost... It is an interesting story how Games Workshop came to be. But at the same time, the fact that this is being done by an external source means that it should be, well, in theory, it should be more accurate. Um, so you can't, you don't have to worry so much about whether Games Workshop want to colour history in a certain way. Not that, the, Not that I know of any reasons why they would, but at least you don't have to worry about it from that perspective. Because um, I can't—I I don't know of any reasons why they would want to 
change their history, so to speak. There's nothing really controversial mm-hmm. that I know of. Um, other than, well, they would like to pretend that they didn't steal a whole heap of things for their inspiration. Um, so maybe they'll be a little bit more open about that, maybe? Like, this is, it's very different. Like, obviously, this is not the sort of thing that we would normally... I mean, we have covered books and stuff, but... Yeah. I just think this is something that's very, very interesting. I don't know if I'm going to pre-order this or not. I'm certainly very, very tempted to. I think... I'd certainly like to. Um, but for me to get this in Australia... So it's eighty five US dollars. Yeah. But then on top of it, the world. But then on top of it, it's also I've got to pay forty dollars for shipping. Yeah. So I think I might just wait for this to come out at retail and buy it at that point. Um, because the only thing I'll be missing is a signature and it's really the book that I'm interested in. Uh if I get it signed then I'll be reluctant to touch it. So I think think I will just wait for this to hit retail and buy it at that point. I'm definitely interested, but I don't think I need to pre-order it. I really can't afford to right now with things being as tight as they have been. Makes sense. But yeah. we're, all, we're all on that point and sometimes hobby-wise. All right. Moving on to the next story. It's been a while since we've talked about Conquest. Um, yes, it has. And we get to talk about the faction that I bought tons of. And... Yeah, we get more dinosaurs. Yep, we get more dinosaurs. This is orcs riding triceratops. Uh, these are the Thunder Riders. So we've always known that these were coming. There was a whole series of minis that we didn't have. Um, so this is one of them. So, And we'd always kind of assumed that this is what they were going to be. I love these guys so much. This looks so gorgeous. Like, you looking at the got- Thunder Riders? I'm looking at the Thunder Riders right now, yeah. Yeah, these, these guys on Triceratops looks awesome. Yeah. The, the other two that we're going to look at, I had already seen. I hadn't seen these before I went to the website. This has not been shown off very much, which I find interesting. Don't get me wrong. If you've looked at the other one, I think it's pretty obvious why that one's all over Facebook. Um, but, yeah. The other one is the Drum Beast. And this is also something that we knew was coming. This thing is huge. They call it colossal. Wait, hang on. What is it? Where is it? One huge... No, no, sorry. They call it huge. One huge plastic miniature. It's still plastic. So you've seen the T-Rex, right? Yeah. You've seen the T-Rex because I own the T-Rex. The T-Rex comes just above the base of his neck. This is almost twice the height of the T-Rex. Not quite. It's almost twice the height. It's insane. Um, that is pretty tall. And, and I, for it to be in plastic, too? Yeah, something of that size being in plastic is insane. Uh, this is also going to be expensive, because how could it not be at that price? Um, but if it was and, that resin, it'd probably be twice as much. Oh, big time. If not more. It would also be a nightmare to cast. Yes. Agreed. Um, unless they did the whole, like, um, TT Combat are doing with the broken down resin, uh, maybe. Yeah, with the uh, behemoths. Yep. 
So there's two different versions of this. There is the drum beast. There's also the Tontor. The Tontor is the one that you've seen all over Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that these aren't the same kit. Honestly. Yeah, because they could very easily make it the same kit, looking at them. I, I suspect that they have to be. But going between the two of them, it doesn't appear that they are. Uh, the Tontor is certainly better value. Um, because with the Tontor bundle, you're also getting that Chieftain Rider as well. Uh, the bundles that they're doing at the moment for the pre-orders um, come with some Raptors to put around the base. I mean, in theory, you could also just use them as the, the Raptors themselves. Um, but why would you not want to put them around the base, quite frankly? Mm-hmm. that That is what they've done in the pictures here. Uh, you also get some stickers, and I mean, yay for stickers. Uh, but at a hundred and well, basically let's say it's 200 bucks because it's one cent off 200 bucks. This is a pre-order bundle because this is such a large cost that they're doing an internal crowdfunding to try to drum up business for this before they actually do it. Uh, just to try and absorb some of that cost. Cause conquest is not that big of a company. Like conquest was their entrance to the in- industry. So, as much as it has been very successful for them, this is a... Anybody that knows anything about casting and plastic casting, something of this size being done as injected molded plastic is a very big deal. It's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Doing regular minis is already expensive. This is going to be next level. Yeah. And as much as I know people from this industry don't like being reminded of it, our industry is very niche. It's not actually as big as we like to think it is. Um, it's certainly growing, but it is very much a niche audience, this sort of stuff. I have skipped over something, though. You I skipped the of... Thunder Chieftain Artisan series. Yep. So you got the I Chieftain did it on... riding the Triceratops. Yeah, yeah, I did it on purpose. So the Artisan series, I mean, you can just use these as miniatures, and, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't, but these are designed primarily as display pieces. So they are, like, there is more detail on these. These are actually, like, it's fine resin, so it means it's going to be more brittle and so forth. These are so pretty, though. Yeah. It's so gorgeous. And there really is incentive to have this one on the table just by looking at it, actually having a chieftain on the Triceratops. I don't know if this one's a limited number or not. I know some of the previous ones were. Um, but it doesn't. There's nothing on this that says that it's a limited number or anything, so you should be mm-hmm. fine. It's just really pretty. I, at the end of the day, I don't know if it's the Tontor or if it's the um, Drum Beast, but either way, one of those is my favourite. I think it might be the Tontor. The Tontor is the one for the record that's been all over Facebook everywhere. Um, because everybody has been talking about this in the Conquest groups, and of course, Parabellum are using this for their advertisements at the moment as well. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, if you're interested in this stuff and you want to purchase one of these things, or hell, anything else from the Conquest website through their store, if you use the code Getting Tabled at checkout, 
or the QR screen that's on where it's over here, uh, you will get 10% off. Uh, you also help support us by doing that as well. We get a small kickback from it. It's not a huge deal, but it just helps us a little bit. Uh, we thank the people that choose that up until that point. We don't like talking about this unless we're talking about the game, so because we're not here to vlog stuff all the time. But please do. Moving on. Release the Kraken. <laughs> Quite literally. Bad Squido <laughs> games. We've talked a couple of times about their stuff. It's kind of like yep. just fun little things. This is not little, though. No. I, I kind of want to say that you should be getting this for your game. Dystopian Wars. It would be fun. You, you can actually get monsters for that that's coming out soon anyway, but this is just so much fun. It's a giant squid. I mean, come on. And it's literally in the middle of what used to be a boat. A, a boat. It's amazing. It's so much fun. In saying that, this is actually 28 mil scale, so maybe you shouldn't. But Yeah, it'd be huge for our scale. Oh, I'm just realizing how big that base is. Yeah, this is 10 be... centimeters wide. Yeah. This thing is huge, so it's just under a foot. It's just under yeah. a foot. Yeah, that would be a big monster for Dystopian Wars. That'd be a very big monster for Dystopian Wars. <laughs> yep. Ship debris not included, but is available separately. Okay, so you don't have to have this. So if you was to not use the ship debris, then the scale doesn't matter. Because it's the ship here that's going to make it look like it's the wrong size. Yeah. If you don't use if you don't purchase the the debris awesome. and everything, which would make it a little bit more boring to look at, but then it means that the scale is not going to be off. Um that would be my workaround if you wanted to use it for something like dystopian wars. Mm-hmm. There's also a baby giant squid, which is just a really funny thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it's okay because this thing is only. Wait, hang on. I think there's it? multiples actually. Yes. Forty millimeters. So this is only. Why does this say that it's only twenty centimeters when it's bigger? I'm confused. Body size is ten centimeter by three centimeter. Oh, and that's only the body itself. Oh my lord. Yeah. Oh, because it's multiple of them, Jason. Oh, I'm an idiot. Tentacles are about four centimetres long, so it's just a little bit under half. Um, the arms are around 25 millimetres, so that's two and a half centimetres. So that's like this. Yeah. I know that doesn't really help you because you're not looking at me in person. Um, wild curled, if then they would be longer if they were stretched out. So if you were to heat these up, you could kind of pose them in a little bit, I suppose. Uh, so you get four bodies, four, four arms, arms, and two tentacles. Um, yeah. I mean, they're just fun. Base not provided. The one shown is 10 centimeters in diameter, whereas the base for the other one... It's just nuts. I mean, you, you realistically, you're doing this as um, 
So the base for the other one is 16 centimeters wide. That's crazy. Sorry. Yeah. It's just nuts. So that's... Yeah. It's, it's, it's the bottom of a dinner plate. It's absolutely insane. Which also means this is really good value. Yeah. It's resin, I think. Yeah, it's resin. It is. is. And I will say this. I love the fact that she actually credits her sculptor. Because not Mm -hmm. everybody does that. Yeah. I know everybody should, but not everybody does. I'm not looking at anybody in particular. Games Workshop. Speaking of Games Mm. Workshop. Excuse me. Yeah, speaking of Games Workshop. Cities of Sigmar. Speaking of Games Workshop, we have... I'm kind of disappointed that George isn't here because I really wanted to get his opinion on this. We have what has, I think, pretty much been argued about, and there's not much of an argument. Most people have said that this is possibly the most ugliest miniature of the year. This is just all kinds of stupid. Now, don't get me wrong. I actually quite like stupid a lot of the time, but I don't think this is a fun stupid. This is just really dumb. So this is an ogre that's carrying a backpack that has a watch out thing on it with a gun. I I don't have a problem with the gun per se, uh, even though like I I don't have, I know people do have problems with guns in fantasy. I don't, I mean, they were in fantasy anyway, but this is just so stupid. I mean, is it something that, could happen, yes, if somebody was big enough and strong enough to be able to hold their core, but it's just really dumb and it's really ugly. Like, there's nothing pretty about this at all. Yeah, the way they painted it doesn't do anything justice. And and the way that, depending on how how broad that, that post is sticking up the back, this could be very fragile too. Very top True. True, I hadn't thought of that. I will say this, I do like the fact that the shield has just been torn off the tower. Yeah. But, yeah, I really don't like... like they, they, I'm not saying anything controversial here. This has been, I want to say, almost universal. I mean, I guarantee there will be some people out here that like this, but I haven't seen many of them. This has been pretty much panned across the board, this thing. Don't get me wrong. I can understand what they were trying to achieve. The idea is an, is a fun one. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. This next one, however, might work. We'll have to give it time. Gutter Bowl. We're getting a new expansion for Blood Bowl, uh, which brings it onto the streets. So rather than playing football on a grassy field or in a stony dungeon, you're playing it literally in the middle of the street. And they've got artwork there kind of displaying the idea. Um, I'm kind of hoping that we get miniatures of these police. That would be fun. I suspect that they are supposed to actually be the the equivalent of the referees, but I don't Probably. care. I kind of want miniatures for those. And I want them to look as silly and out of place as those ones very clearly do. Yes. The pudgy. Big fat guys trying to run, to the, <laughs> trying to run and chase people down. 
I kind of like like I like the pudgy the, the pudginess like the very clearly come back here type thing yeah. like it's very clearly taking it's very clearly mocking the English police force with those hats uh which makes sense because they are English and it wouldn't be probably wouldn't be smart to be having jokes at other countries' police forces. You're better no. off to pick on your own. Um, I'm very interested to see what this... I mean, we basically haven't seen anything yet. That's all they're showing us at this stage. Uh, but it's going to be very, very interesting. I like this rule here. Rogue washing line. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Um, I haven't actually heard anybody of that's played the Dungeon Bowl yet. Not to say that they haven't. Obviously, people have. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing yet another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have... I, nobody locally that I speak to has played a game of it yet, so I don't know how it's been going. They... Uh, um, Dungeon Bowl was always kind of like a weird side piece. I don't remember... Dun- I don't remember Gutter Bowl at all. So I don't know if this is a new thing entirely or if this is also something that's been brought back. Um, because I could like, I came into Blood Bowl while Blood Bowl was dead, so I kind of like I had heard of Dungeon Bowl, and it was always something that I was kind of like, oh, this sounds really interesting. I'd love to play it one day. I still haven't. Um, but I don't remember anybody ever mentioning Gutter Bowl, so that that doesn't mean it didn't exist. Um, I'm trying to be honest about that. I just don't know. Um. I don't know. Given that they're showing the referees, my kind of hope is that maybe there's a way that it represents the referees and when they're distracted and stuff. That would be fun. I don't know. Yeah. Moving on. To a company that we don't talk about very often. And this is going to feel really weird because this is me talking about a universe that I'm not a fan of. I'm sorry, I'm not a Harry Potter person. I'm just not. Um, I, I tried watching the first movie, and I-, I know that the Snitch games are really popular with the fan base, but this is the point in the movie where I turned it off because I just had enough at that point. Um, I'm just I'm being upfront about this because... I think the concept of this is really interesting. It's just not something I'm very interested in. Um, like a Harry Potter sports game? Sure. That actually makes a lot of sense. Catch mm-hmm. the snitch is what they're calling it. Um, like, seriously, it, it does make a lot of sense. And at least aesthetically with the pictures that they're showing us, it looks very pretty. Miniatures look good. why I had to go mm-hmm. out of my way to try to find the right one. But the, the starter box here actually comes with a decent amount of stuff too. Like, significantly, there's a decent amount of stuff here. Um, yeah. It's using... It's not using standard dice. It's using custom dice, which is fine. Um, you get four complete teams. You get Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, Slytherin, and Gryffindor. Um think i'm saying that right sorry i'm just not a harry potter person uh if you're expecting me to be gaga over this it's just not gonna happen uh there's also boxes for your star players 
Um, so you get eight miniatures. For some reason, the website is playing around with Spanish instead of English. I did save mm-hmm. the English version of the website, but it's reset on me. Oh, yeah, it's reset on me too. <laughs> it seems to be changing depending on which link I'm looking at. Because the actual starter set fixes itself and it goes back to English again. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's because my, brow- my browser's translating it. That's why. Like I said, I, this is very, very interesting. I'm not a fan of Harry Potter, and I'm still finding this very interesting, and that, that was the point that I was trying to make earlier. Um, but I can't really talk much about it, like how it represents the game or anything like that. It's just not something I'm interested in. Uh, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes, because in theory, I think that's a game that could take off. Like, seriously, yeah. I think that's a game that could take off. Um, being night models, it's something that I would be wary about. Their quality control is not great, and that's been in the news quite a bit lately. Um, so if you're not somebody that's dealt with night models, that's something that you need to be wary of. Um, like they do make some really gorgeous looking stuff, but just keep in mind, they are known for some quality control issues. To the point where there's been like some of their biggest supporters have bought stuff and the box came empty and i'm not exaggerating it literally came empty um customer service will eventually get that fixed for you but i've heard mixed reports as to how long that takes um i used to play the batman game quite a long time ago I had a couple of issues, not as many as some others, uh, but I always ended up getting the pieces for what I wanted. Um, but it's just a matter of... No, sorry, I tell a lie. There was one thing that I never got the extra missing piece for, but at that point I was kind of like, you know, I'm done. So I gave... I, I'm not throwing shade at them for that. That was... I, I gave up at that point. Uh, but that was a number of years ago. So just just be wary if you're getting into this. Be aware that you may have some quality control issues and some missing pieces. And if you do, make sure you get them replaced. Otherwise, I have nothing else to say. This is the point where George will be upset that he's not here for this conversation. So, Socks, we talk about Simon quite frequently. Yeah. And for those that are listening for the first time or haven't been listening for a very long time, what's my number one complaint about Simon quite frequently? Too many Kickstarters. Hmm. And the things like Zombicide shouldn't be getting yeah. kickstarted anymore. Nope. Now, I kind of mentioned this originally when we were doing when we were talking about the um, Metal Gear Solid thing a couple of months back. Or a couple of weeks back, sorry. Um, But then we realized that that was actually a game that somebody else had made and they'd just kind of picked up the license. So it didn't need to be kickstarted. This is a new thing that they are pre-ordering. And it's being done through the website. This is quite literally everything that I've ever wanted them to do. Yeah, Now, for once. I'm not saying that they've done this because of me. Because obviously that's a stupid thing that I would say. No, it has. They did just for you, Bruce. Just this one time. <laughs> we have like 
540 sub- subscribers. I highly doubt that they even know that I exist. I know that. <laughs> anyway. Um, I, I want to give them credit for this because I am certainly wasn't the first. I, I have banged on about that for a very long time. But I'm not the only one to have said it. It's been something that a lot of people have said. It's been something that gets argued over. Um, we were going to feedback and stuff a little bit later, and we we're talking. To, there's been a number of times where I've said things as like, "Oh, I'm going to get attacked over this," and it's never really happened. Um, I've had people disagree with me on the semen semen thing, but the fanboys have never come after me over my comments in regards to the company. Um, they did over something else <laughs> recently. Um, I give them credit for this because if I'm going to, I am the sort of person that if I'm going to give feedback on something and if I'm going to bang on about something, if it actually gets done, I'm going to applaud them for it. Also, quite frankly, Zombicides is a really fun game and I've never said otherwise. It is really fun. There is a reason why a bunch of their games is essentially Zombicide reskin. Um, you could almost make the same argument with the He-Man game, and I kind of said that in my videos on that. Like it's, it's, it's very loose, but it is essentially a reskin of the basics. Uh, the game works differently. It doesn't feel like you're just playing Zombicide, but with He-Man. But it, there is a lot that's just reskinned on it. Uh, and this just this is just Monty Python in Zombicide, but it's Monty Python. Therefore, it's not just anything. Uh, I love the fact that the actual components, they're just listing them as what they are, as mm-hmm. opposed to what they represent from Monty Python. But in the video, this is where things get fun. So we have... Nope, that's talking about the existing stuff. Now for something completely new, we get Silly Walkers which are very clearly supposed to be zombies of some kind. We also get more silly walkers. I'm just kind of skipping through this. We get Arthur Nudge. If you know who Arthur Nudge is, then you will know who Arthur Nudge is. Nudge Nudge, we think, to say no more. The Lumberjack, everybody knows the Lumberjack. If you don't, I'd be very surprised. Are you a Monty Python person, Sox? Some Surely you have to be. You're in the military. <laughs> Some of them. Uh, we've got the fish slapping dance. And... There's something else. Oh, there's a policeman saying that this is silly. Which is from... And now from for something completely different. We've also got Hell's Grannies, which is one of my favourite sketches, honestly. It's just so random and out of nowhere. We've got a nude organist. And it's been done in a really clever way where everything's hidden, so it's kind of okay, but it's done in a way that's... Yeah. And then everybody's favourite, it's the parrot sketch. It's an undead parrot. Uh, I'm really, really, really excited for this. I don't own Zombicide, so there's no point me buying it, but this is just so good. This is going to sell gangbusters. Uh, It just will. Because this is something that's not... Because with this... Because Zombicide, there is certain people out there that would just buy anything related to it. Because it is that big. 
but this is something that would genuinely catch people that's not into the game as well. It's just it just works so well. Um, there's also an exclusive Gumby pack for those that pre-order it, and as much as I kind of like, I would love to have this. There's just no point in me ever buying it because, like I said, I don't own Zombicide, and I'm not buying it because I will never. It's just not. So, I've played Zombicide already. Uh, oh, I didn't realize this in earlier. Um, up the top here where it says that it's, where it just says it comes to zombies, survivors, etc. If you hover over them, it actually tells you. So the zombies are the Silly Walkers and the Spanish Inquisition. So I was right with the Silly Walkers. The Hell's Grannies, the Undead Parrot and the Flish Slapping Dancer, the Nude Organist and the Foot are all abominations. Uh, and everybody else... So Arthur Nudge, the other of the fish, fish lap dancers, uh, and number three. Interesting. Okay. That's very confusing. The Larch. Down on Survivors, the third icon across... is doing something very Monty Python where it basically is not anything to do with the game at all. It's a picture yeah. of a tree. Um, yeah. That's very Monty Python. Uh, so, yeah, we get the Lumberjack. Uh, we've got Arthur Ewing, which who wasn't in the video. The Colonel is the guy that tells you off for being silly. And the Knight with the raw chicken is there as well. So... There we go. That's what everything is and what they're representing game. Obviously, they'll tell you this in the box as well. Um, there's a blancmange recipe there. Interesting. This is very Monty Python in every way. <laughs> yeah, I love this. I don't think I'm hiding that very well. I think this is amazing. I am genuinely tempted, even though I will never touch it. Just to have it. <laughs> just to have it sit on your shelf? Oh, it's really good value. It's only 50 bucks. It's actually good value. You're getting a lot in that box. But yeah, I'm never going to use it, so there's no point. All right. Um, Kraken 3D Sculpts. Sorry, Kraken 3D Studios. Uh, we touched on these guys a couple of years back. They did like a um, 3D printable Blood Bowl terrain thing that I backed. Mm -hmm. This is the same thing, but for Apocalypse Games. So basically, you've got ruined cars, you've got zombies, you've got... A gas station. Gas stations, buildings. I mean, obviously, I, this came to my attention because... Entropy City, it's kind of perfect. I really don't need any more 3D printed That's stuff what I was... Like that's that. When I first saw the gas station, I was just like, ah, oh, Entropy City. Yeah, well, I already have. I already have a gas station. I haven't built yeah. it, but I do have one. You guys but bought me. I was just thinking. Uh, I really don't need mind. anything more at this point. But this is just really, really gorgeous stuff. Um, you, you're also getting some actual miniatures in this as well. Like you could legit make a game out of this. Yeah. Very, very easily. All you need to do is pick a rule set at that point. 
like even to the point of hey well maybe you want to play necromunda but you don't really like the games workshop stuff uh then it just becomes a literal gang war you could do anything you want with this really I quite like it. You could also like just make a zombie game, and that's obviously what they're going for. But there is so much more that you can do with this than just zombies. Yeah, because surprisingly, post-apocalyptic happens in more than just zombies. Like I said, I really like this. I like the wrecked vehicles. They're probably my favorite stuff on this. It's just always fun because they fit anywhere mm-hmm. but i'm gonna keep on going because i have big giant questions on this one so firefly is a board game that's been out for 10 years and gale force 9 are going on to game found to fund an anniversary collection and they've already raised just under two million dollars $1,722,072. It's 1,722% 1, funded. The goal yeah, was 100000 one... Yeah. Yeah. But here's yeah. the... I'm going to rant on this. This doesn't belong on crowdfunding. I'm sorry. This is an existing product that already exists. There is zero acceptable reasons for this to be crowdfunded. I mean, it's already been crowdfunded. They've gone up to Wazoo. There's still 11 days left. They will hit $2 million before this is over. Somebody just backed it while I'm looking at it. But I just... I I know that people go gaga over the crowdfunding stuff because you get better deals and stuff. But this is just massive misuse of the... It's just not appropriate. Gale Force 9 are a giant company that can afford to pay for their own stuff. They're much bigger than a lot of others that I've ragged on over this stuff. This game already has a massive audience. It's very popular at retail. It doesn't belong on crowdfunding. I'm sick of seeing this stuff. Um, Given that George is the one that shared this with us, I suspect that George would be arguing with me over this. Um, Just... It's just massively inappropriate in my eyes. I mean, I like the fact that they're designing it so that, like, it's a 10th anniversary, so they're trying to do something that's a little bit special, uh, which is good. Like, you're getting plastic tray inserts and stuff to help organise everything. Uh, Like, it makes it almost... It almost makes it worth it to rebuy it. Um, Yeah. And obviously, yes. What do you get out of this? you get a better deal than you would if you had bought this at retail. Um, it's just irrelevant to me. It, it's just irrelevant. Oh, actually, I will give them credit for this. I like the fact that they're doing an upgrade kit where you can just get everything that doesn't come with the base game if you already own it. So you don't even have to buy the... Oh, I might be going back on my rant a little bit. I like that. That is nice. So if you already own the game, you can just pledge on this for just the upgrade pack and then you get everything that didn't come in the original. I'm hoping with the new box as well, but I'm guessing not. Every expansion. So you get 
Every promo card ever made. New expansions still flying. 15 hand-painted resin ships. Uh, Hull Dam verse mat. 12 custom ship dice. Enamel first player token. Custom insert. Huge cargo box. So you do get the box as well. Okay, I, I, I take a little bit. I, I still think this is inappropriate, but I'm going to give them credit for that because they deserve it. Uh, because the one thing that people get upset with over these anniversary editions, because they're always better than the original was, they always are, and they only stay around mm -hmm. for so long and then you get stuck with the base again. Um, but people that already own the game, there's always several people that's like, I've just bought this. If I had known that this was happening, I wouldn't have brought it. We've all been in that boat. Mm -hmm. They've got an answer for you right there. Well, that's okay. Just buy the stuff you're missing. It's the perfect answer. Uh, but, like I said, I still find this massively inappropriate. Dream. Blue. Prime. Paint. So, from what you were saying earlier, Socks... Um, you have some stuff that you want to show. Yeah, so Bruce got on me already because I showed him the box and he's like, you should have done some uh, unboxings. I didn't do any unboxings. He never does I've any unboxings, despite his empty to. promises for two years. Sorry, but yeah, I got a lot of stuff. So you guys know how much I've been loving dystopian wars. So I got a support squadron. The Tempelhof battle fleet. And the Elector Battle Fleet. This all showed up today, and it's already all assembled, all of it. So, um, here is my. That's the the Kaiser. I did, built it as a Kaiser class battleship. And kind of a size comparison. That's my Stark. So it's it's just smaller than my Stark. My my big Zeppelin. Then I've got my Tempelhof aircraft carrier. I'm going to use it as the Blitzen bomber set so I can launch bombers with it. And then a Volsung cruiser. A Blucher class cruiser with rockets on it. An Augustus bombard. Cruiser, and I can switch out the weapons on the on the Augustus and the Blucher. That way, if I want to swap out weapons and bring different ones or whatnot, the Conrad class uh, support carrier. Oh, I like that. And then I've got a, yeah, I do too. And then a little frigate, if I can pick it up right without it falling in my fingers. Got a bunch of these little frigates, <laughs> and I got some more of the destroyers that I had from earlier. <clears throat> so, but it is all assembled. This will give me about three thousand points. Uh, total with all my Imperium that I have since you guys got me the starter kit and what I've collected afterwards. Um, but I got all this because I've noticed that you want at least a battleship. Yeah, I like, I love the the, the Stark and the Sedrini Disguise box that you gave me, but just like most games, you want a main heavy hitting ship. That's how they get you. Do that. Yeah, my, my battleship will do that for me. Um, but at the store that I'm playing at, we've got six players that have joined us in the in the last month. Good. And uh, we're gonna, good. Yeah, there's there was two of us, and then four more joined like within a few weeks of us uh, starting to play. Um, 
but we're going to actually i got to talk to the store when i go play on wednesday because we're going to try and start an escalation league in october start with about 750 points that'll give you a battleship or a flagship of and then a few units to, to go along with that and then uh Increase it by 250 points every couple of weeks, and then at the end we're going to do a uh, tournament, probably December January time frame. So at 2,000 points, which is the standard size, and then after that we're going to go into a campaign using the uh, Cyclone of the Sh- of Shadows uh, campaign set. So nice. I'll be nice. good. On, I'll be good on Imperium stuff for a while. What, what do you got going on, Bruce? You look like I got a few things. Grab stuff. I might have been, yeah. So, first and foremost, I don't know if I actually showed them off, but I had been working on some tokens for you Entropy showed City. showed off a little bit last, week, or last time. I went and reprinted them because they were kind of looking a little bit grainy and stuff because of how I'd okay. done, because I'd kind of zoomed into the photo to make it fill the thing, and then it stretched it further than it was supposed to. But right. I also printed the one that I was missing, which is the stop token. Yep. The reason I want to show it off is because that's backwards, Jason. Is because it's literally a worn stop sign. Oh, nice. Yeah, that looks good. So I was quite happy with that. Uh, the rest of them you've already seen. Um, I had also gone and redone the cards. So the cards actually show the painted versions of the models now, which is nice. nice. Uh, and I think I had already mentioned that I started customizing some of the, um, some of the miniatures last episode. Mm-hmm. So my chain did arrive. This hadn't arrived nice. at the time where we was discussing it. Um, this did turn out to be just as much of a pain as I thought it would be. So for example, ah, don't drop it. Oh, that looks nice. The downside like is because of the way that I've done it, if you look closely, like you can see that this is literally just covered in super glue. Uh, I mean, the paint helps cover it a little bit. Not much, but a little bit. Uh, it's more obvious on the other one. Yeah. But as a, as a makeshift, a just to make it work, I mean, it works. Yeah. So, um, from here, I'm starting to paint up the, um, we had a big hobby day at a mate's place yesterday. So I took down the dirt box cause I was going to get them done. Um, and remember our whole discussion about in group chats as uh, in group hobby versus, um, solo Hello. hobby. Yep. So we, we basically spent all of our time talking. I, un- I, I primed one model. And then two thirds of another one, I started. I dry brushed a lighter color over it just to get some, just get to, just to get some of the texture ready. And then I started painting it, and I was like, you know what? No, I think I'm done because it was. Just, <laughs> we were talking. I just, I just didn't really get anything done at all. No, nobody really did. Oh, somebody built the new um, Slan model, um, which is a model nice. that I still love the look of. It's the do you remember that there was a Age of Sigmar one where it was the giant fat mm-hmm. toad sitting in the throne? Yep. I still kind of like that. I'm not willing to pay 150 bucks because it's just not 
as big as it should be for that price. But it's so nice. Um, so he probably got the most down out of everybody because that's not an easy build. It's there's quite a bit to that. So yeah, that's me. Uh, I played a game of what did I play? I played a game of Vampire: The Eternal Struggle on Friday night, which is a very old card game. Actually, uh, it's like a thirty-year-old game. Um, hmm. I, my there's a couple of people that wanted to play it in the group, um, and somebody couldn't make it. And my intention was is that I wanted to break out Entropy City because, well, I need to get more time on it. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have anything going at that point because everybody was already in games and they needed another player because they had somebody drop out. So I was like, well, if you needed somebody, I'll be the extra person. And then they ended up needing somebody. So I kind of thought, and this is leading somewhere. I'm not actually, but I was like, oh, well, I guess I have to now. So I went along, uh, I dropped off some miniatures to somebody that I was getting rid of. Um, and then I started playing this game that honestly I wasn't really that interested in. And it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and now I'm looking at decks and I'm like, I should buy a deck of my own. <laughs> I've gone back and forth on this a couple of times. That's funny. I'm. It's based on Vampire the Masquerade, mm-hmm. which... So like it, it it's got a very in depth world. Um I mean I, I, I lost. I didn't come last, but I lost. Um I I thought I was losing for such a long time and then it's kind of like, oh nope, nope, somebody just fell over. Oh, okay. I dead net turn, next turn, and then I was dead next turn. Um It's interesting because it kind of shows its age, but at the same time, like, have you ever played Magic the Gathering? Yeah, long time okay. ago, but yes. So in Magic, you can kind of attack, if you have a group situation, you can attack anybody you want, right? Yep. In this, you can only attack the person to your left, unless there's something specifically that allows you to attack the person behind you. So it all works in a circle. And if somebody dies, then the person that was there is now the next person. Yeah, and, skipped. Yeah. Um, it's very, very different. I, I was, during the game, there was a couple of points where I was like, because, I mean, there was four of us. So, in theory, my ally is the person that's, that's diagonally across from me because he can't mm-hmm. attack any of them until one of them dies, in which case then he becomes my enemy, which feels very vampire. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Uh, but at the same time, it kind of it restricts the game a bit too. So I kind of went back and forth as to what I felt about that a couple of times. I mean, it's obviously it's one of the defining characteristics of the game. Um, but at the same time, it kind of puts the game in a situation where realistically you kind of have to have four people to play it. Yeah. Um, which is a problem, really. So, but I I really enjoyed it. Um, I That's have no good. idea what deck I'm getting, but I'm considering. <laughs> I'm considering two of them. That's funny. I'm not buying two of them. I'm just considering two of them. Uh, it also doesn't do boosters anymore. Apparently, it used to. Um, this is kind of a game that had died and got resurrected by somebody, pretty much, because uh, it was popular at one point, and then obviously things eventually fall over as they do. 
let's move on to some game talk. Talk nerdy to me. Yeah, what are we talking about? Because there's nothing on the run sheet. No, I know. It's a mystery, folks. <laughs> I don't I had even a, know what it is. <laughs> I, I, I had a couple of ideas, but honestly, I wanted to talk about... that. The intention was to do a big group chat, but I'm going to kind of use this as a platform to prepare for a larger chat later on. Um, on our Discord... I um I put a question to the Discord recently of um things that you hear from people that like pe- things that you hear from newbies uh as reasons why they don't want to get into the hobby. Um this actually all stemmed from a from a meme that Ben shared with me. Um and it was a Bob Ross meme. Uh well, it wasn't a meme. it was literally something that he said at one point. Um, which was something along the lines of, oh, I, I don't have the skills to do that. I, I, I would never be able to do that. I just, like, just instantly talking yourself out of even trying because you're not going to be good enough. And, like, his response to that was essentially something along the lines of, um, like, this is a skill, and skills aren't something that you either do or you don't have. Skills are something that you have to earn over time. You don't have to be perfect now. You you just try. And if it's not good, that's okay. You're going to get better over time. When it comes to new people looking at the hobby or new people looking at a new game, I mean, let's be fair. The big one from that perspective is usually Games Workshop people. Well, it's not Games Workshop, therefore I'm not interested. Um, Despite the fact that arguably... The rest of the industry has more interesting things going on. Um, And and I say that I'm not hating on 40K with that comment, though it will sound that way. Um, It's just that there genuinely is more interesting things going on out there. Uh, And if you don't look outside of that bubble, you will completely miss out on it. Um, Were you the first in your store with Dystopian War stuff? pretty close because it was one guy had the old spartan games union set and he reached out on facebook and said on the the sturgidium lounge dystopian wars facebook group and said hey anybody in the tampa bay area play this game and it was literally like a week or so before uh i got the sturgidium skies box or or about the same time and i said hey i got this let me put it together and we'll get some games in. Yeah. So in a sense, yes. I mean, the two of us were the new stuff. Yeah. I was a, the first person to have the new stuff. He had, like I said, he had some of the old stuff, but since he's gotten the, the enlightened faction starter set. So. And now you've got like five or six players in, in the store. Yeah. We've got four players that have joined my two boys, uh, have bought their stuff, their own stuff as well. Um, so and um, hopefully the, the escalation league that we start in October will will grow that as well. So, mm. um, ignoring your sons, obviously, because we already know the answer with them. Um, the others that you've had join was that in response to games that they saw you guys playing, or just from conversations that you had online, or 
so one of them is actually a neighbor of mine that lives just around the corner from me. I, and, uh, I know him, um, from the air force cause, uh, we were stationed together with Scott and then he's down here as well. So we knew each other from, from previous assignment, but anyways, I showed him. So like, what you're hey, saying what? is that you've been stalking him for many years. No. You know, stalking is illegal, sucks, right? I do that. I do. That. <laughs> I do. But anyways, they were, we had him over for some board games, and I was like, "Hey, look at this new game I I got." And uh, I had the Stark uh, set up, and he liked it a lot. And uh, he's now bought his own Union set. But two of the other guys uh, know this other player that I first started playing games with, um, and they just came out for some demo games and stuff like that. And they've now bought an Alliance set and. The other guy's thinking about getting enlightened as well. So um, no one off the street has come in. I mean, we've had actually, no, sorry. I take that back. One other guy who used to work at the store, but also knows this other guy, Johnny. Uh, he just randomly picked it up. He said he was going to buy it. And all of a sudden he, he messaged us in the little group chat that we have. I bought the ice band and set and Sir Jim Skype. And we're like, what the heck? <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, it does happen. Shiny it syndrome does. is like we've talked about shiny syndrome before. It does. Uh, like it is the best and worst part of our hobby. To, to be fair though, shiny syndrome is not actually universal to us. Um, oh. like it happens in RC cars all the time, slot cars as well. Like there's always a new car that you want to buy and build. Um, there's always there, there's always something new that grabs your attention. Uh, video games is this like Lord knows my Steam list is bigger than any games that I've ever played. Like they, they, it's there's so many games on that list that I've not touched, mm -hmm. and I know I'm not alone on that. I suspect that you're on that boat as well. Yeah, this can and that hand goes up from the man that probably has the most self control out of all three of us, because he kind of has to, because he has like seven million kids in the house. No, I don't have that many, but yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, no, you're absolutely right. When I pose the question to, and, and this is a conversation we're going to come back to, because I'm not re like we're just kind of talking on the outsides of this at this stage. Uh, Chris, one of our Patreon members, talked about how the buy-in is too high. Um, now, I think that of all of the conversation pieces, that's probably the biggest hurdle to get over. Um, I will probably say that some of that comes from a completely not understanding point of view. Uh, or, or, and this is also something we should probably talk about, the whole um, having to justify your hobby argument as well. Um, there's two points to that argument, and I'm going to come back to that in a second. But some people will look at our hobby, and it's like, wait, so you're paying... 50 bucks for that box and it's only one of three that you have to have but then you have to build them and you have to paint them they don't come that way why are they mm -hmm. so expensive uh but the answer to that is no that you're literally like that is the point don't get me wrong i mean there are games where you can't like x-wing for example like you didn't have to build anything like it's it's painted out, out of the, the box, box. You, can, you can yeah you can play with it uh Arguably, fairly averagely, but that that's fine. It's pre-done. Uh, I mean, there are pre-paints that are okay, uh, but generally most of them are kind of fairly average, and that's fine. Like you, you are paying for a painted model that's being done in mass. If you're expecting it to be phenomenal, 
then your expectations need to be checked at the door. Um, because at the end of the day, if you don't think they're painted nice enough, you can fix that. It's still a hobby. Um, but if the whole point is that you're just buying stuff and you just want it done, then you're going to have to accept that it may not be as good as you expect it to be. Yeah. The Lord knows, like, there was people out there in that X-Wing community that made made it a point of repainting everything. Um, and the Armada community. Yeah. And, and to be frank, I mean, I, I'm just saying this, and I'm not actually intending it to be a go at... Um, oh, who was it? Because it wasn't Atomic Mass at the time. It was... Fantasy Flight. Fantasy Flight, thank you. Um... Like, they were doing something. Like, there were people out that were like, this is a really bad idea. Uh, because pre-paints have never gone well, generally speaking. There's been a couple of games that's tried it and failed miserably. Um, because it's just... It's not a financially viable thing to do. Not only mm-hmm. did they get something that was financially viable, it went gangbusters. Yeah. There's only a couple of games that's ever really made a dent in the Games Workshop armor. X-Wing was one of them. War Machine's another one. Um, Legion is getting there. I don't know. I mean, I mean, yes, it is, but I don't know if it's ever really dented Games Workshop, though, like the other two did. Like, War Machine, like, they had a mass exodus over War Machine of player base because it happened around the same time that one of their editions was not being received very well. Okay. Um, you could probably make an argument for Kings of War, but that's not really because Kings of War took off at a point where fantasy had been killed and everybody was upset about Age of Sigma. Um, so they got a lot of that player base. Um, but I don't know if I, I don't, and this is somebody that's a fan of the game. I don't know if I can give the credit for that to Kings of War. Games Workshop kind of did that to themselves. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting point of view. Like Mm -hmm. from a new player's point of view, the way it always got justified to me, and I do agree with this. I have heard people argue against it, but. Those boxes you have, when did they arrive? Today. And you've built them in ha- how long? Them. How long I, did it I take you to build them? Let me let me check real quick. Pulling up my USPS. It got delivered just before one o'clock my time. I finished them about six. About seven o'clock, so about seven hours almost. Yep. So that's seven hours of, I assume, entertainment as opposed to boredom. Because there are people that hate building stuff, just for the record. Yes, those people exist. Um, Yeah, I was excited building it because I was just like, ooh, I can build this and I can build that. And I already had it planned out. And and actually, that's a point because part of that is deciding what you want to build. Because not yeah, all of that especially is with, Especially with how customizable these units are in this game, too. Is, is like I said, I can, I can swap like out the weapons. That way. Yeah, I can swap out the weapons for that with the ones that I have 
here. And, and so I've, I've built them that way so that if I want to have two of the bombardment cannons, I can. Or if I want to have swap a full rocket launcher, yeah, I can swap them out. Yeah. Whereas this one, my carrier, that's the way it's going to be. It's going to be a carrier. Uh, yep. same, with, same with this one. I'm going to want two of that style of ship, so it's going to be that way. So, my, my advice to newbies would be A, find a game that you like the look of. Because if you don't like how it looks, you're never going to be that interested in building it. Uh, now, if that means that you're looking at Games Workshop, fine. If that means that you're not looking at Games Workshop and you've got to find players, that's fine too. Start by finding a, a, either a Reddit or a Facebook group that's dedicated towards it. Um, Absolutely. And then like, find people that are interested in your area. You could be the reason the game starts taking off. 100%. You, that could be you. Does it mean that you have to do all the work? No, but that's kind of irrelevant. Uh, or you could find that there's already a player base. Lord knows there was player bases for games that I didn't bother looking into because I thought it wasn't going to be worth looking into. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I first got into the hobby, the reason I went Games Workshop is because basically I got told that nobody plays anything else. Which is true to some extent, but it's also not true at all. Um, games Workshop have a massive... Like they, it's a 75 to 80% market share by Games Workshop. It's yeah. insane. Um. And find find something that aesthetically or law-wise interests you. So if you're into Star Wars, then yeah, start with Star Wars, Shatterpoint, or Legion, or X-Wing, or, or, or something. But the thing is, the advice I would say is don't start on a mass, on a mass battle game. If you want to get into Warhammer 40k, you are looking at hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get into it. Don't start with Warhammer 40k. Page three boxes through Valhalla Hobby, our sponsor, hundred bucks. Yep. And I've got, I've got probably. Uh, I'm just looking, hang on one second. I've got my. Uh, I've probably got close to 1,500 points with the ships right there, and a standard game is 2,000 points. Yep. Basically, I'm using 40K as an example because it is pretty much like, it is the top of the industry right now, popularity-wise. But I'm saying, I'm actually not saying don't start there because screw Games Workshop. I'm going to turn around to you and say, no, look at Kill Team first because it is a small skirmish size game that's much easier to get into that nine times out of ten those models can go towards other things not always and that's the thing you're going to need to be careful with uh but if you're just dipping your toe in start with a game that's smaller you will be a happier person in 40k at the moment they're doing these combat patrols which is like the starter sets that they do every time an army comes out they're kind of releasing a rule set of their own so that you can just play with that box, which is smart, mm -hmm. honestly, especially from a customer point of view. In Australia, those boxes are still over 200 bucks, though, but they do come with quite a bit. Um, and that would be the equivalent of those boxes that Sox was just holding up, having a game of their own 
I mean, in theory, you can play with those boxes 100%. Uh, those boxes, I, I are, with them. they're not balanced, with is the thing. Actually, they are. I've got a battleship box, so I've got a main force, and then I've got a, a carrier force, and then as a separate flagship, a separate battle fleet. So I've got two battle fleets that I could very easily build a 750 feet, 750 points worth of each battle fleet oh, and okay. a 1500 point game. Fair enough. Generally speaking, the starters generally don't te- usually don't tend to be as balanced because it's not what they're for. Um, it's not designed that way. Um, it's like you get a certain amount of stuff and you can build stuff from it, and then it's a matter of what you build. Usually, most games in the indie will have a recommendation to build if you're starting out. Uh, if it's not in the box, it'll usually be on their website somewhere. Um, yeah. Or otherwise... I've- just ask people seriously. It's fine to ask questions. I found the Dystopian Wars starter boxes for each faction seem to be pretty balanced. Um, that's good. The that's one an that's... improvement. That's an improvement over Wild West Exodus then, because the Wild West Exodus ones were not. Yeah. Um... This is coming from somebody that's a massive fan of the, that game. By the way, the starter sets for that are not balanced. They're not yeah. supposed to be. I'm saying that the individual faction starter sets. The two-player starter sets, the Serginians guys that you got me, yes, it's I love it a lot. Um, but it, the Imperium, it gave the Stark... I built this Stark Imperium as a carrier. I should have built it as the other one because it was more offensive. But I like the idea of having a flying aircraft carrier. So I built it that way. Um, yep. The Hunt for Prometheus box that my boys bought, uh, I think that one's pretty balanced because it gives each player a battleship. Each player came with each each starter set came with a battleship, so it's pretty nice. comparable um, for those two starters uh, factions. Um, but the the actual faction starter boxes, they each of them comes with a battleship, some support cruisers, some frigates, some destroyers, something like that. So it's it's pretty it's a good jumping in point. And it and each one each box is about a thousand points, and they're roughly seventy five bucks, maybe a hundred, depending on the box you're getting. Which is cheap. That's that's half yeah. your force already in a two thousand point tournament out of one box. So, so but uh, this is a conversation we're going to come back to. I'm deliberately kind of just scraping past the surface at this point because I'm kind of like it's only the two of us, and also this is a discussion that I think we can have over a few sessions. Yeah. Um. But I kind of wanted to kind of just touch on it, kind of like I did with the um, the other one we did recently. Uh, the solo versus group hobby. hobby. Oh yes, yeah. Um, there's also another one coming up, and I know George was somewhat reluctant to discuss this, but I think I'm just going to say that this is a conversation that will happen at some point, and it will be happening at some point in the near future, probably in about a month or two. We are going to have a discussion about burnout and mental health. Um, because, and this is where I'm going to over... George is not going to be happy about me saying this. I'm not going to just be talking about mental health from a gaming perspective. Uh, it certainly will be relevant to the discussion. I want to talk about it because it's something that we don't discuss enough. So I'd like to be part of that discussion. If George isn't comfortable, then maybe it'll be us talking about it without him here. But I would like to force George to be part of this discussion because I think it's important. 
Um, are we experts? No, but that's also kind of not the point. Uh, like we're not trying to be experts. It's just being open and discussing things. Uh, that will probably end up being an episode of its own when it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be a special episode where we just discuss that. There won't be a news segment or anything. So that's the plan about that at this stage. If you have a problem with that, reach out to us and maybe you will change my mind. But I genuinely think it's an important discussion that needs to happen at some stage. We talked a little bit earlier about Valhalla Hobby. They've been sponsoring us for a little while now. In the case of gettingtabled.com, they are literally the reason we can afford to have it. Uh, Quite literally, it's the only way that we can afford it right now. Um, Our Patreon also helps. We do appreciate our Patreons. Please consider subscribing to us if you enjoy what we do. The thing I like about Valhalla Hobby, and I have said this a lot, and I will continue to say this because it's very important. They are very passionate about the niche side of our audience. Uh, the, the niche side of, of our industry, sorry. It's really, really, really important because Games Workshop have a massive, massive grip on that industry. And there's some really good things on the indie scene. To, to argue and like some of them are better than what you get in Games Workshop. And I mean that. I'm not just saying it to be smart. Legit, there are some much better games out there. Malifaux is phenomenal. Dystopian Wars is amazing. Dystopian Wars is a game that's big enough that it survived a company falling over. Um, yes. And for those that you are not, not aware, Dystopian Wars is not the reason why that company fell over. They spent big on a couple of licenses that didn't sell. It had nothing to do with Dystopian Wars at all. I'm glad Warcradle picked them up. Yeah, likewise. And they were the right company to do it too because I like yes. what they're doing with the license. Um, I know it's, this isn't something that everybody agrees with, but I actually like the fact that they redid the world to make it fit into their universe um, because it kind of made it feel bigger. It also made their existing universe feel bigger as well because Wild West Exodus was kind of just a US thing. We always knew it was worldwide. <laughs> but it was only ever in the US. And then by connecting it in with dystopian wars, you kind of get the feeling of what the entire globe is like. I really, really like that. TT Combat, we didn't speak much of them on this particular episode, but TT Combat, uh, huge as well. Uh, everything TT Combat-wise you can get through Valhalla Hobby. Um, I would highly recommend that you check them out, not just because they sponsor. I quite happily mention them just generally in chat on Facebook quite regularly when people are looking for, th- for things in the US because at least this way I know I'm recommending a store that I can trust. Tournaments, so. demos, conventions, you know, that kind of stuff. Gen Con is still coming up. That's insanely close at this point, August 3rd till 6th. It's less than two months away. It's like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, PAX Australia is coming up in the 6th to the 8th of October. Oop, I have that in the wrong order. 2nd of September, weapons free. There's a Drop Fleet Commander tournament happening in Cardiff. Um, there is a link that we will share in our show notes to thebattlefields.co.uk where you can get the information you need. Uh, there's currently eight people signed up, so that means that there is only eight places left at time of recording. It's a 16-person tournament. And then finally, Northern King Con from the 24th till the 26th of November 
still the best name I've ever heard for a con. I'm sorry, you can fight me on that. It's the best name I've ever heard. Um, that's in Osset, West Yorkshire. That's $55 a head, but it includes your hot lunch on Saturday and Sunday. Where can people check us out, Socks? So we got patreon.com slash getting table. So mm-hmm. if you want to support us, $2 a month. Our website is gettingtable.com. You can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash gettingtable or YouTube at youtube.com slash gettingtable. Uh, please subscribe to us. And then if you want to email us and ask questions, you can email us at gettingtable at gmail.com. Uh, you're also invited to invite our, or come to our Discord um, as well. And then uh, Twitter and Instagram is at gettingtabled. And Jason has his, Bruce has his Twitch at twitch.tv slash Jason the Bruce. Still doing casually uh, yep. when we get to September. Uh, I am actually in a situation where I can actually start doing it a little bit more frequently again. Um, but I'm just kind of easing in. Uh, thank you very much, Socks. I do appreciate it. Uh, I would thank George, but he didn't show up because he smells funny and he's a big poo poo face. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mattias at soundimage.org.